Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I am Rector Superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stella Maris in Timonium, Maryland. In today's Gospel passage, St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, 24 to 30, we hear about a woman who was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. She threw herself at Jesus' feet so that she could get his attention and cure her daughter. When this incident is seen uh, uh, in its background, against the background, it becomes one of the most moving and extraordinary in the life of Jesus. First, let us look at the geography of the incident. Tyre and Sidon were cities of Phoenicia, which is part of Syria. Phoenicia stretched north from Carmel uh, right along the central plain. It lay between Galilee and the sea coast. Phoenicia, indeed, as Josephus put it, encompassed, uh, encompassed Galilee. Tyre lay 40 miles northwest of Capernaum. Its name means the rock. It was also called, uh, so-called because of off the shore lay two great rocks joined by a 3,000 foot ledge. This formed a natural breakwater and Tyre was one of the great natural harbors of the world from the earliest times. Not only did the rocks form a breakwater, they also formed a defense. And Tyre was not only a famous harbor, it was also a famous fortress. It was from Tyre and Sidon that there came the first sailors who steered by the stars. Until men learned to find their way by the stars, ships had to hug the coast and lay up by night. But the Phoenician sailors circumnavigated the Mediterranean and found their way through the pillars of the Hercules until they came to Britain and the tin mines of Cornwall. It may well be that in their adventuring they had circumnavigated Africa. Sidon was 26 miles northeast of Tyre and 60 miles north of Capernaum. Like Tyre, it had a natural breakwater, and its origin as a harbor and a city was so ancient that no man knew who had founded it. Although the Phoenician cities were part of Syria, they were all independent, and they were all rivals. They each had their own kings, their own gods, their own coinage. Within a radius of 15 to 20 miles, they were supreme. Outwardly, they looked on to the sea. Inland, they looked to Damascus, and the ships of the sea and the caravans of many lands flowed into them. In the end, Sidon lost her trade and her greatness to Tyre, and sank into a demoralized uh, country. But the Phoenician sailors will always be famous as the men who first found their way by following the stars. So then, the first tremendous thing which meets, meets us is that Jesus is in a Gentile territory. Is it any accident that this incident comes here? The previous incident shows Jesus wiping out his distinction between clean and unclean foods. Can it be here in symbol we have him wiping out the difference between clean and unclean people? 
Just as a Jew would never soil his lips with forbidden foods, so he would never soil his life by contact with an unclean Gentile. It may well be that here Jesus is saying by implication that the Gentiles are not unclean, but they too have their place within the kingdom. Jesus must have come north to this region for a temporary escape. In his own country he was under attack from every side. Long ago the scribes and the Pharisees had branded him as a sinner because he broke through their rules and regulations. Herod regarded him as a menace. The people of Nazareth treated him with scandalized dislike. The hour would come when he would face his enemies with blazing defiance, but that was not yet. Before it came, he would seek the peace and quiet of seclusion, and in that withdrawal from the en enemy of the Jews and the foundation of the kingdom of the Gentiles was laid. It was forecast in the whole country of Christianity. The rejection of the Jews had become the opportunity of the Gentiles. But there is more to it than that. Ideally, these Phoenician cities were part of a realm of Israel. When, under Joshua, the land was being partitioned par par out, the tribe of Asher was allocated the land as far as Sidon the Great to the land of the fortified city of Tyre. They had never been able to subdue their country, and they had never entered into it. Again, is it not symbolic? When the might of arms was helpless, the conquering love of Jesus Christ was victorious. The earthly Israel had failed to gather in the people of Phoenicia. Now the true Israel had come upon them. It was not a strange land into which Jesus came. It was a land which long ago God had given for his own. He was not so much coming among strangers as entering into his inheritance. The story itself must be read with insight. The woman came asking Jesus' help for her daughter. His answer was that it is not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. At first, it is almost a shocking saying. The dog was not well-loved guardian that it is today. More commonly, it was a symbol of dishonor. To the Greek, the word dog meant a shameless and audacious woman. It was used exactly in the connotation that we use the word bitch today. To the Jew, it was equally a term of contempt. Do not give dog what is holy. The word dog was in fact sometimes a term of contempt for the Gentiles. Rabbi Joshua ben Levi had a parable. He saw the blessings of God which the Gentiles enjoy, and he asked, if the Gentiles without law enjoy blessings like that, how many more blessings will Israel, the people of God, enjoy? It is like a king who made a feast and brought in the guests and placed them at the door of his palace. They saw the dogs come out with pheasants and heads of fitted birds and calves in their mouths. Then the guests began to say, If it is thus with the dogs, how much more luxurious will the meal itself be? And the nations of the world are compared to dogs, as it is said, 
the dogs have a mighty appetite. No matter how you look at it, the term dog is an insult. How then are we to explain Jesus' use of it here? He did not use the usual word. He used a diminutive word which described not the wild dogs of the streets, but the little pet lap dogs of the house. In Greek, diminutives are characteristically affectionate. Jesus took the sting out of the word. Without a doubt, his tone of voice made the difference. The same word can be deadly insult and an affection address, according to the tone of voice. We can call a man an old rascal in a voice of contempt or a voice of affection. Jesus' tone took all the poison out of the word. In any event, Jesus did not shut the door. First, he said, the children must be fed, but only first. There must be meat left for the household pets. True, Israel had the first offer of the gospel, but only the first. There were others still to come. The woman was a Greek, and the Greeks had a gift of repartee, and she saw at once that Jesus was speaking with a smile. She knew that the door was swinging on its hinges. In those days, people did not have either knives or forks or table napkins. They ate with their hands. They wiped their soiled hands on chunks of bread and then flung the bread away and the house dogs ate it. So the woman said, I know the children are fed first, but can I even get the scraps of the children thrown away? And Jesus loved it. Here was a sunny faith that would not take no for an answer. Here was a woman with a tragedy of a sick daughter at home and there was still light enough for in her heart to reply with a smile. Her faith was tested, and her faith was real, and her prayer was answered. Symbolically, she stands for the Gentile world, which so eagerly uh, seized on the bread of heaven, which the Jews rejected and threw away. That's our thoughts for today. May God bless you, and have a great day.